The torta. Everything you love about a taco or burrito, but in sandwich form. Or the torta. Just have a taco or burrito instead. Who's right? Let's find out this week on our ongoing quest to pick our favorite sandwich, the torta. Is it affordable, ethical, is it healthy and clean? Is it first aid appropriate, even though he's married? Is the origin true? Doesn't matter to me. All that really matters is celebrities. Joe will pick a sandwich now. It's his religion to figure it out. He ate the food. He'll rate. He'll choose. Will it end up on the menu? Oh, what sandwich will he choose? Joe picks a sandwich now. Dan, it's Torta Week. How exciting. After having last week's sandwich, which was like oddly specific, it is very funny that this week you you picked the torta, but the torta which is essentially is, like a broad category yeah, of sandwich. It's, it's like a million different sandwiches. So I think after going to such a hyper specific sandwich, we now we've made it through the PB and J. We're rolling. I feel like this podcast we're we're really starting to get some traction. And now I'm I'm really excited for this episode because, you know, this is a sandwich I not only had I never had before, I, I never heard the word before. And uh now As I As was I, apparent for anyone who listened to our last episode yeah. where you reacted with such uh bemusement at yeah. the idea of a torta. And now I, I I I could have, but I didn't. But I could have even ordered my torta in Spanish. I felt I feel so comfortable with it now. Wow. So Wow. What difference a week makes. So I, I couldn't be more excited for this episode. Now, Dan, I have a little bit of a pronunciation question based on our last week's podcast. Is it okay if I uh, do, a, uh, do a little bit of my own fan feedback for a second? Absolutely. So I listened to the episode again, or I guess for the first time, uh, and I was just really shocked at the number of times that you said Turkin rather than Turkey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to edit it, too. I said it, like, in the intro. You, I mean, then, you said it, like, eight times. Yeah, yeah. You said it times that I even noticed. You said it so much that I even said it once by accident. <laughs> so here is my question for you. It, it, really, it's a self-assessment thing, and I don't know the answer. You know, only you know the answer. Do you think that you say Turkin because your last name is Birkin? So anytime you make the irk sound, you, like, your tongue wants to end it in an E-N or or... Equally plausible to, in my mind, is it because we're following it with the word bacon? So it's like you want to, you want the assonance of turkin bacon. I, it, it's interesting. I, I mean, it might be a combination of both. And we'll, we'll it's like just a perfect, have, it's a perfect storm yeah. of confusing your tongue. <laughs> because I think, I think the reason I was doing it, the 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 primary reason is the second thing. Because turkey bacon, like you just you like want to get through it because it's like. Turkey, bacon, avocado. So you're like, you're, you know, bacon has that, the good comedy K. So it, it, that's like the syllable that like, um, is the one that my brain is just like latching onto. And then, you know, turkey itself, it's, you know, it's got that little weak vowel ending. So I think I, I just want to like slide, slide through, get right to the bacon. And then I'm just appending that, the ending on there. But your other point is true. Like my last name is Birkin. So it's like the, 
Turkin, it, it's just like a much from uh, a much more familiar sound for my uh, my mouth to say. So, like, it's funny. Okay, so you know, my last name is Mizrahi, so it ends in H I, right? And my first name is Joe. Obviously, uh, don't need to tell our listeners that. But you know, many people don't know this. Dan, a little trivia: Joe is actually short for Joseph. Hmm. So, but what's funny is, and this is like kind of embarrassing because I misspell my own name all the time. When I write the word Joseph, especially like in like cursive, if I'm signing something, I'm so used to doing H-I that I'll do J-O-S-E-P-H-I. Oh, man. But it's like, but it's, it's the same thing that you did. I just do it with my hand. Like, it's like, it's like you're so used to one thing, especially with your last name, which you say, I mean, over and over again, right? Like, it's just, you know, you can't help it. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of my friends just call me Birkin. That's, that's so it is. I mean, they may start calling you Turkin. <laughs> hopefully well i know only one of them listens to this podcast so hopefully he won't popularize it but um well, I, I mean i've also heard the uh the merkin thrown around before so uh if you're not familiar with that is don't look it up on urban dictionary oh, no. but yeah. uh yeah i don't know I, I mean it's weird having listened to myself and just being like oh I, I I messed it up again because it's like every time I said it really quickly, I just slurred them together. That's what makes me think so much of it was the the bacon, where I'm yeah, just like yeah. trying to trying to say it as quickly as possible. But you know, look as a a narrator for this podcast, I've got to do better, Joe. Well, Dan, I mean, no issues this week. We have a two syllable sandwich. Yeah, and and couldn't be easier. It's so unfamiliar to me. I I could never skip through it. You know, it's the the torta. But the, the real challenge is going to be come in the later section when I am going to try to correctly pronounce, using my uh, Spanish pronunciation, the, the name of the bread that the torta uses. But, you know, everybody, you're just going to have to wait because I'm not going to say that for like 10 minutes to see if I get it right. Tigerschlufen. <laughs> That's right. Who knew that Dutch crunch was exactly <laughs> the bread that the torta, you know, made famous? All right, Dan, let's get into it, man. All right. Well, you know, for the first section, what's your history with the sandwich? I mean, as I already said that in the thing, I have no history with the sandwich. Uh, I literally never heard of it before, but clearly you picked the sandwich. So you must have had some history with it. Well, yeah, you know, I grew up in Southern California, uh, the land of fantastic Mexican food. And, um, you know, I mean, look, tortas were just Tortas were on the menu. You go to a Mexican restaurant, you go to like, especially like the, like the kind of like, there weren't many taco trucks growing up, but there was like the sort of like hole in the wall, like strip mall places that were like really good. And you go there and sometimes you don't feel like a burrito or a taco. You you, you go for the torta, man. Yeah. See, that's, that point I think is very interesting. And, you know, thank you to myself for writing both the pro and the con. But as somebody who's been introduced, you know, I've now lived in California for what, 16 years or something I've lived in Southern California, Northern California, both have very distinct forms of, of Mexican food. And, and it's, of course, incredibly popular in both places, but it's different. And I've been to San Diego, too. And I've, I obviously didn't spend as much time there as you, but I even I visited you for one summer. And even San Diego, I think their Mexican food culture is different from Los Angeles, which is totally. different from San yep. Francisco. And, you know, I've had just a million tacos and burritos. And, you know, it's it's just the, the San Francisco burrito is, is you know, a famous food item that's, you know, winning national food brackets of burritos or whatever. And it's, it's, it's very different from a Southern California burrito, I think. But I never even – I never even thought of getting a torta. I never considered 
that this was a thing that's also on the menu at at these Mexican restaurants. And to me, now having had one, it's very interesting to me because I think of like a taco, burrito, and torta as like these three really distinct offerings of of Mexican food, though that have so much in common. But I think right. they're they're much more different than I would have expected. The filling ingredient is essentially the same, but in a very different delivery method. Absolutely. And yeah, the, the, whatever the meat is, I'm assuming is would be prepared the same way. And, and I think some things are same, but some things are different. Like, for example, butter and mayonnaise are some key ingredients of a torta. You're not going to find butter or mayonnaise in a burrito or in a taco. I mean, maybe not, but that might be delicious, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're on to something here. Okay. <laughs> and Joe, just to finish on this, your history with the sandwich... What do you think the ratio growing up you had tortas versus tacos versus burritos? Oh, I mean, I think easily the torta was like at, you know, less than 5% of okay. my total Mexican food consumption. Interesting. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure if you were going to say uh it was like your primary one, but it seems to me that just based on uh, my my understanding of just being around people in Mexican restaurants, the torta doesn't seem like a common item people are ordering. No, no. I mean, like, it would be an, an oddity to say, like, you know what? I'm going to get a torta today. People are like, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, Joe, didn't you famously work at a Mexican restaurant? <laughs> well, sort of. In college, I waited tables. It was like, um, I mean, this was, you know... Uh, you said it best. You know, L.A. has its own brand of Mexican food. San Diego does. San Francisco does. Boston does, too. And it's just bad Mexican food. So I was in Boston, but it was really more of like a Tex-Mex place. Um, and I don't think that they had tortas on the menu. It just seems like the Northeast is like each different place has a, some sort of famous sandwich. You'd think that all the Mexican places there would sort of serve the torta as a way like to get people in the door. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, you would think. But I think, I mean, you know, getting people to, to wrap their head around the taco and the burrito was like enough of an adventure. Yeah. The, the thing about the Boston Mexican restaurant, two things. The one is people would ask you questions like, what's the difference between a taco and a burrito? And you're like, I don't know how to describe it. They're both tortillas with like stuff inside, but like it's it's a shape. And then <laughs> the other thing is uh, they would call – this, this got, got me in a lot of trouble there. They'd call chips and salsa nachos. Oh, yeah. So they'd be like, can we get some nachos? And they'd be like, absolutely. And I'd put in an order of nachos and I'd bring it out. And then they'd be pissed because they thought that they were like complimentary or whatever. Yeah. The nachos versus uh, chips and salsa, like the, definitely on the West Coast, like that's sorted. But it does seem like other places. Yeah. Uh, they haven't it's a little quite, more confusing. They haven't quite figured it out yet. Yeah. All right. Well, that very interesting uh, history with the sandwich. I, and, and look, Joe. You know, you hadn't gotten to pick a sandwich in a while. I, I can just say, great choice. I, I'm very happy that we're doing this episode. And I can't wait to to open people's minds listening about the torta because I think that this is a type of sandwich that though it is like, though Mexican cuisine is obviously widely popular, I think the torta is, is sort of uh, getting a short shrift. Yeah, I mean, like, we could be buying low on the torta right now. If there was torta stock, I would absolutely go buy a huge position in it right now and then when this podcast is released we would i don't know we'd make tens of dollars couldn't you 
Could couldn't you see Torta becoming like like ultra trendy? Absolutely, I think the torta could become ultra trendy, like BuzzFeed quizzes. Like, which kind of torta are you? Absolutely, it should happen. <laughs> because I think, I mean, to that question, I think when people think of a burrito, they really just think of, oh, what kind of burrito is it? Is it chicken burrito? Is it you know chorizo? Whatever. Whereas the torta, because like. A sandwich, sandwiches have like different names and, you know, as we're already doing this podcast, take a turkey sandwich, which I said correctly, put, you know, what, some bacon on there, put an extra piece of bread in there, all of a sudden, you've got a club sandwich, you know, take out that piece of bread, put in some avocado, you've got your turkey, bacon, avocado, you know, and and of course, these, a sandwich place will give them all like clever nicknames or whatever. But you don't, you know, like Chipotle, when you get the chicken burrito with the black beans, they don't have some like wacky name for that. It's just like, oh, a chicken burrito. Right, right. I'm not sure where you're going with that point, but I get that. The point is, I think the torta is a marketing machine because you take the same thing, you put chicken in the torta, and then, okay, maybe you put some other combination of ingredients. Boom, you give that a clever sandwich type name. Oh, so you're saying that we call it like a club torta or like a BL torta. Absolutely. I oh, got it. BL got it. Torta. Oh, my God. Yeah. Joe. See what I did there? That's a slam dunk. Yeah. All right. Uh, wow. PB and Torta. Um, the Tortis. All right. Let's just, we'll keep workshopping it throughout the episode. That's, that's <laughs> oh, a good yeah, start, buddy. With, a good start. With, with turtle meat in it. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like All right. it. Anyways. Let's Look, there's about no the- bad ideas in brainstorming, man. <laughs> that's- it's all good. Let's learn about the uh, the history of the uh, of the torta um, from Spoon University. Spoon University, Joe. Uh, interestingly enough, they are involved in the uh, the the bribery scandal. Shockingly, more accreditations than Trump University. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> because people actually uh, want to go to Spoon University. Um, but they've done, I mean, those How great... much would you pay for your child to get into Spoon University? Look, I mean, you, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars there. You got to get those SAT scores up. I mean, we're, you're going to need that, like, proctor to do it for you if you want to get into Spoon University. We, you, know, you know, Dan, I mean, as an aside, how does it make you feel to have your alma mater at the center of this scandal? I, I love it. I mean, I'm a USC hater through and through. Not because I think I had a great time at USC, but, like, USC, I think, really tries hard to, like, pitch itself as some sort of, like, elite university. And, you know, I've been there. It's not an elite (laughs) university. The vast majority of people there are just, like, frat guys who are, you know, not particularly smart or studious. And, you know, I'm not particularly studious, so I'm not saying I was any sort of great student, but it is clear i i have been to uh elite academic institutions and usc is not one of them and i think they, they i think they should just lean into the fact that they are like uh you know whatever they're a fine school that's for a lot of like rich attractive people in southern california and that's great i mean it's a good brand it's it's like a, a slightly better arizona state which the part i found the most funny about it is that um one of the daughters or whatever who was in USC was like, I just wanted to go to Arizona State. And my parents, they did this whole bribery thing to like get me into USC. I just wanted to go to Arizona State. And that's a, like Arizona State 
and Arizona are just like they they know what they're about. It's just like pure party schools. Yeah, you know, there happens to be a college or whatever, but if you're like young and hot and want a party, like come to Arizona or Arizona State. Yeah, that should definitely be Arizona State's like next brochure is uh whatever Lori Laughlin's daughter being like I just wanted to go to Arizona State. <laughs> yeah. And it's like also on the brochure it's like you don't need to like bribe your way into Arizona State. <laughs> like it's not hard. And, you know, USC just pretends it's higher than, and it's, like, obviously not. Although, granted, the other IVs were also, like, uh, caught up in the scandal, too, but, you know, not as, uh, I mean, the the USC thing is so dumb. It's USC. Like, you shouldn't, I I mean, the concept of bribing your way into USC is, it's, like, uh, a contradiction. Do you feel like it devalues your hard work in getting into USC? Well, I mean, my hard work, I mean, I literally applied to every UC school and and then I didn't even want to apply to USC. And my parents were like, you've got to apply as a safety school. And I was like, no, no way. I'm going to get into like UCLA or Berkeley or I really wanted to go to UC San Diego for some unknown reason. And I got rejected from every UC school <laughs> except for UC Santa Cruz. Oh, no. Now, there's a reason. The banana slugs. There's a reason I got rejected, which is because based on some like quirk, of the California GPA system. Basically, my GPA got lowered by like a full point on what... Because it's like there's rampant GPA inflation in California, but it's fine because it's all standardized. So like everybody who applies to the in-state schools is competing on the same system. But like if you're out of state, it's No, it's it's true. I mean, in high school, I think my GPA was like a... a (laughs) A four point six on, on a on a four point scale, <laughs> yeah. which is funny because I didn't even get straight A's. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's basically that's what I was competing with. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's like legitimately accurate. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I know it's legitimately accurate because I certainly should have gotten into these schools, but they, and then I like explained to them the situation, and it was like because I I remember I didn't get to UC San Diego, and I wanted to go there so badly that I was like I like sent in a letter and I was like, please just understand how the, the different GPA system works or whatever. And then I was like, you know, waiting by the mail to get it. And then it's like, you know, they respond and they're like, no, we've read it and you're, you're out. And so then but Dan, all, all you had to do was Photoshop your head onto a crew <laughs> team player and you would have been fine. Well, I think the UCs are too smart for that. Although I know UCLA was also implicated in the scandal a little bit, but I don't know. I, I don't exactly know. Um, uh, how many of their like fake or coaches or whatever were like faking people's credentials? Um, but you know, it's uh, the funny thing is like I think UC San Diego would have been a terrible place for me to go to you college in retrospect. Yeah. And uh, you know, USC I didn't want to apply to, and then I got into it, and it was literally my choice was UC Santa Cruz or USC. So <laughs> that's why I went to USC. And uh, you know, I'm. I'm I'm glad the, uh, the the USC standards are so low. <laughs> Anyways, Spoon University. The torta has a pretty confusing history. Some say it originated during the French occupation of Mexico in the 1860s. Some sources say that bakers in Mexico took inspiration from the French baguette and made similar loaves called bolillo and talera, which were used to make sandwiches. Another theory is that the torta was created by mistake. The torta ahogada, or drowned sandwich, was born in the early 1900s. A street vendor in Guadalajara, Mexico, accidentally dropped a sandwich in a container of salsa when handing it to the customer. The customer ate it anyway and ended up loving it. Wait, this is totally cribbing the tuna melt story. I know. 
I think Spoon University might have a little plagiarism scandal on their head. And then, of course, old Ralphie was like, uh, here, let me have that uh, one of those uh, sandwiches over there. And then, oops, there happened to be a vat of salsa right next to it and butter. Old Rafael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Uh, then they, they say the most traditional torta is prepared with the fluffy roll and stuff with fried pork carnitas. And then the torta is either media ahogada, half drowned or partially dipped, or bien ahogada, well drowned in spicy salsa, depending on how the consumer likes it. However, of course, as Spoon University correctly notes, Tortas now come in many different variations in different regions of Latin America and the different regions of the United States all have uh, their own traditional ways of preparing this specific sandwich. Dan, what did you say the name of the bread was that was used? Yes, bolillo. We had two names, bolillo or what was the other one? Talera. Bolillo or talera. I don't know much about... Mexican bread naming, but I like to think that like the bolillo is the top half of the sandwich and the tolero is the bottom half. Like port and starboard? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a big question. Do you put the mayonnaise and the butter on the bolillo or the tolero? I mean, you know, we might have to take that one to sandwich court. We might, I mean, we, we have to ask our, because, uh, you know, we've got the wet dry method, but it could go on either. And Absolutely. As, as we know from our um, our, our early theoretical musings on sandwich creation if it's on the tolero or the bolillo it's a big difference i I mean changes the whole sandwich absolutely uh well you know that's a very interesting history i like how spoon university is giving us options so it's sort of like a choose your own adventure or bandersnatch of history if you will well this is the difference between spoon university and a real university the person did minimal research saw like three or four different things and just like threw them all in there Look, I feel like you and I need like two years of Spoon Community College before we get to Spoon University just to save some money. Wait, Joe, this podcast definitely is going to earn us some credit at Spoon University. Like, I think we can. This is like counts as like definitely one of those two years of like junior college. Oh, totally. We do not have to fake playing any sports to get into Spoon University. (laughs) Definitely. They're going to let us right on the. They're going to let us walk onto the crew team. In my my personal (laughs) note, I'm just going to be like. Let me tell you about all the times I was doing my sandwich podcast, and then like the rest of it will just be like lorem ipsum, whatever. But the person's just going to see the word <laughs> sandwich right podcast. There. Yep, <laughs> I'm in. Uh, so, uh, what was the question? Yeah, no, great history, great, great history. Uh, five out of ten. Wow, five out of ten. I mean, that's a, I guess a mediocre history by that scoring metric. Look. Look, we don't have great inf- inflation like all those Southern California high schools. Great history, 5 out of 10. Spoon University also would be proud of. They'll take a 5 out of 10. Oh, absolutely. All right. Now, this is huge. Could the sandwich, the torta, be in your regular rotation? So we're going to look at prep availability and health. Do you think that Spoon University's rival is Fort College? Well, knife knife Institute of Technology. It, it's it's the three utensils. It's a it's a very famous area where yeah, it's Spoon University, Fort College, and uh, knife Institute of Technology. Yeah, every year the uh, the Spork Bowl, the big game. <laughs> <laughs> the winner gets a 
the coveted golden utensil drawer to, yeah. to oh, put wow. away wow. Yes. all the utensils. Yes. All right, moving on. <laughs> Five out of ten. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's first talk about availability, because I think this is very important to this particular sandwich. So San Francisco has huge Mexican food culture. I mean, a, an area of San Francisco is literally called yeah, the Mission, yeah, yeah. full of Mexican food places. I had not only no trouble finding tortas, I found places that literally had two places had tortas in the name and they literally specialize in tortas. So I think, I, especially on the West Coast, or at least in California, I think you're going to have no trouble. But I'm curious about what your experience was like in Seattle looking for this torta. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't find any um, places that just sell tortas. But basically, any any Mexican restaurant that we go to, not like not like a sit down Mexican restaurant, but any like fast Mexican place or taco truck, when I looked on their menu online, they all have tortas. Mm. Every single one has a torta. The one place there's just a. It's funny. So it was like really beautiful weather over the weekend, and there's this really nice Mexican restaurant uh, that's like on the water and it's where like all the boats launch is like by the docks. And so Liz and I were like, Oh, let's go down there. Let's get, you know, we have to get these stupid tortas for the podcast. Uh, Let's go down there and we'll get tortas there. So I'm like, okay, I'll pull up the menu. I'm sure this place is going to have tortas. Every other place I've looked has tortas. And on the top of their menu, it says tortas are returning soon. Oh no. Yeah. So they were, I speculate that they probably were out of Bolero's. Mm. They just, the top bread. They were out of the top bread. No, I don't know why. Wait. But, by the way, you just combined the two things. <laughs> it's bolillo, bolillo, and it's like it's like that double L. Which the thing is, I always have B O L. Oh, bolillo. I, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. You've got it. Bolillo, and then tolera. So you made it bolera. <laughs> and you know, people who don't know better are like, can't you just put the tolero on the top and the bottom? And you know. The chefs just shake their head. Joe, no, did you mess that up because your middle name is Ferrero? <laughs> uh, so, uh, so we didn't go to Agua Verde, but um, but you know there are there are two very popular. I mean, there's many many taco trucks in um, in Seattle, but there are two in North Seattle. You're either an an El Camion person or a Rancho Bravo, and there's like a few of each of them, uh, and. I personally prefer Rancho Bravo. Liz prefers El Camion, so of course we went to El Camion mm. and um, and got our tortas there. Hmm. See, it's very funny that I had a similar menu tease with my torta because you know I didn't. The mission is a bit of a, a ways away for me, maybe a mile, mile and a half. Now we also had beautiful weather, so um, you know it, it, it's a, a fairly pleasant bike ride for this weekend. But there's a a few Mexican places, just a couple blocks from my house. I go on Yelp. There's a review of a place that says they've got great tortas. I look on the menu on Yelp. They've got a variety of tortas. So I walk in and I'm just like, hey, what kind of tortas do you have? And the woman's like, we don't sell tortas. And I'm like, damn it. 
And that was it. And then I was, it, I think it was like the weirdest interaction she's ever had because I walk in to a yeah, Mexican yeah. food place. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, do you have tortas? And she's like, no. And then I'm like, all right, bye. Yeah. And that's it. I just walked you were, out. You were that committed to get, you know, the, the same thing happened to me with the Dutch Crunch when I went into that place. And, and people just think you're the weirdest person when you're like, no, I only specifically wanted Dutch Crunch bread. <laughs> And she's like, we have a variety of other Mexicans. Nope, <laughs> no, nope, got to no. be a torta. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want anything I, else. And then I went across the street and got another type of sandwich, a burger, because I, I, I knew I would have to go into the mission. And by the way, the mission is just so funny, because when I do go in there, like, there's like the part of the mission that's been like mostly gentrified, but the torta district is like deep in the heart <laughs> of the mission. There were like Mexican bakeries lining the street. It's really, I mean... It, it was just fun to like go down. Oh, you could have got that torta bread for, for your house. Well, since we're are talking about availability, I'll also note that I wanted to not only get one, and as I said, in San Francisco, there's just there, are, again, right on that same block, literally two two blocks apart. There were two places that just specialize in tortas, and they both have over four and a half stars on Yelp. So I just went to one of them, um, and they had. 15 different kinds of tortas. And once we get into um, more detail about what the sandwich good, I'll, I'll have a little tease of, of the exact specific type I got. But I thought to make one at home to get the full experience, oh, I probably have to go to a Mexican bakery to get the bolillo roll, which is going to be a problem because I was procrastinating and all of a sudden it's five o'clock today and I don't have my bolillo roll. So right. I'm right. like, I, you know, the Mexican bakeries, and I actually noticed the Mexican bakeries close at like 11 o'clock a.m. Like, they're just open for the morning. But I went to Safeway in the bakery section. They literally had a entire section in the bakery section literally called Bolillo Rolls. So it's, it's it, I think as long as you're in a the place with the, the enough density of, of people who, you know, make Mexican food, you can just find it at your local supermarket. See, I feel like your experience with the torta, you know, like that thing that happens, I'm sure there's a, there's like a, a brain science or whatever word for it, where like you like learn a new word for the first time and then you hear it like all the time and you realize that your brain just been like drowning out this word because you didn't know it before. I feel like that's you with the torta. Like now that you know this thing, you you know now you realize that you've been walking by, you know, uh, Belio rolls in the supermarket all this time, and you know there's all these torta restaurants in the city you live in. Oh, for sure. And I think you know when I go into Mexican restaurants, I always look at the burrito menu or the taco menu, and that's and I like don't you know a lot of Mexican places they'll have like platters and stuff, and I occasionally see people order these, but it's like that's like what real Mexican people do. But, like, we all just get, you know, we being white people, we just get tacos or burritos. But now I'm going to, like, look on there and find the torta section and at least feel some familiarity with that because it's like I know what a torta is. So if I order one – because I think the worst thing to do in a Mexican restaurant, and I wonder if you had this experience in Boston, is if you order something and then you get something and and you're like, what is this? And you're, well, like, super confused. I mean, I think that's the worst thing to happen in any restaurant, not just a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> but I feel like in Mexican restaurant, like, I, you know, an Italian restaurant, I don't think you're going to be so surprised by what you get. But, in, in, you know, if, like, you're at a Mexican restaurant and they have, like, some sort of, uh, what are those things, like, what are those rolls? Uh, taqu- oh, you mean taquitos? Yeah, like taquitos or empanada. No, I know what an empanada is. Uh, what's the other word? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 
<laughs> Just name mech types of Mexican food. Taco, burrito, <laughs> taquito, empanada, <laughs> torta. All right. Great. All right. Anyways, you don't want to get something you don't know what it is. Before, I would have, I couldn't have ordered a torta because I don't know what it is. Now, I, I'm all it's in. A on world the world of possibility open to you. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, so that's availability. Got Once in Mexican. Israel, I ordered the fish at a restaurant, and it came out like um, with its scales and eyes and head still on it. Oof, not good. Yeah, that's tough. See, I don't want to, I don't want that happening. For yeah. all I knew, like torta meant like fish, <laughs> fish with head, and fish eyes with scale on it. On it. Yeah, yeah, it could have could have been, could have been. Though though it would have been odd to be like fish with scale and eyes, uh, con carnitas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Uh, what's next? Five out of ten. What are we talking about? <laughs> okay, availability, great. Uh, prep. Oh yeah. So prep it's and everywhere. Health. I do feel like like making it would be hard. So I'm curious your your experience with that. Well, I I think making it actually was interesting because a lot of the ingredients I didn't have. So I didn't have salsa, which I should have gotten, which I think is a key <laughs> ingredient. But yeah. what I did get, I mean, I I made a very simple version. So. All right. Spoiler alert. I got a veggie torta at the torta place because I wanted to make Josh happy. I knew Josh would be upset if I got some innocent animal was killed in the making. So I got a fully vegetarian one. So the primary protein or I don't even know if it is protein, but whatever it is, portobello mushroom. So I thought, okay, when I make mine at home, I'm just going to mimic what I got. So I got onion, green pepper, although I got an orange pepper. I don't know if that's different, if they taste different, but certainly has a more Mexican color to it. Um, or actually, green pepper would have more. But anyways, avocado, mayonnaise, butter, and portobello mushroom. And then I basically, I just sauteed the mushroom, the onion, the pepper together, which is, you know, really easy to do. If you're making tacos or whatever, you might do the exact same thing as like taco filling. And then I you know, toasted my bolillo roll a little bit, cut it open, put some butter on there, put some mayonnaise on there, put avocado. So I put the butter and mayonnaise on the bolillo part. And then on the tolera, I spread out that avocado. Then I just sort of put the mix in the middle. Uh, There are also lots of ways to make this sandwich, especially if you're talking about, you know, obviously if you're at a Mexican restaurant, you're probably going to get some meat that's been prepared. And, and and that's much more complicated because it's hard to get a small enough quantity of meat that you'd want for the sandwich and still make it. Um, but if you don't want that, you can do you can put scrambled egg in there. That's also very popular. And um, But anyways, you know, I just made that at home. The whole thing took maybe 10 minutes. You're just sautéing something on the, on the range, and then you just put it in the sandwich, and that's it. I mean, you're basically done. It's it's a fairly easy sandwich to make. It's it's not. I mean, the the vegetarian version I made is not particularly healthy or unhealthy. Uh, it's 11 grams of protein, 52 grams of carbs, and 30 grams of fat. So it it honestly is just mostly fat from the mayonnaise and avocado, and then carbs from everything else, the vegetables. And so the did bread you and did you eat any meat version of the sandwich? I did not eat a meat version of the sandwich. That's I, controversial. Dan. I want to make Josh happy. You won't make Josh happy. He'll be upset with your vegetable choice. I don't think so. Although, for, you know, for all I know, those orange peppers, I mean, to make them orange, I don't even know what they have to do to it. Now you're a monster, Dan. <laughs> no. uh, wow. Well, yeah, so that's that's good. I mean, look, I think this is obviously, I mean, this is basically as available, at, slightly less available than burritos. And burritos are everywhere. Yes, yes. So 
I would say this is a fairly available sandwich. Uh, I am going to say, though, not like the easiest thing to make at home. Yeah. The one thing I will note, though, I did specifically put in the notes. The thing about the sandwich is if you're if you have to make like five of them, it's only slightly more effort than making one of them. Yes. So this this like a PB&J or something like that is really nice because it's sort of like, you know, slap that PB&J on there, make one or whatever. Yep. This is yep. a type of thing, especially if you're making meat, you're going to want to make like a, a skillet full of meat and spread it out over a bunch of sandwiches. So this to me, I would say it's much more of a party type sandwich yeah. where you're making a bunch of them. You know, you could even make mini ones or make a big one and then cut it into to little bits or something. Um, but, and, and that, that's why like, of course, Mexican restaurants are so good at making this cause they make tons of meat. And then depending on what the person orders, they just, you know, make a, put a small portion in there and it's, you know, everybody loves it. Yeah. I think this is pretty good. Uh, let's say seven out of 10. Wow. Right up there. Is it a first date sandwich? You know, I don't know. This is a tough one. But Dan. what did Rob have to say? Did you text him and get his response? <sighs> you know, Dan, you know, I didn't. Uh, and you know I will always refuse to do that. Uh, though, though I will say, Rob, Rob texted me after we released our Dutch Crunch episode podcast to say that he sent in his his first date thoughts yeah. for that sandwich. I was like, it, it's done, buddy. I know. I got it a day after we. I was. <laughs> it was about to upload because I think he thinks, and you know. Good for Rob that he lives in this version of the world. I think he thinks we record the podcast and then it just goes up like an hour later. Does he think it's a live podcast? I think he thinks does it he, is. Does he talk to us? Does he realize that we're not like on the phone with him? <laughs> I think he is just like <laughs> chiming in. And I think he presses the pause button and just like says something to us. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he soon. thinks we can hear him like that time that we thought we were playing Home Run Derby. But it was just the computer playing. <laughs> that, was a, that was a real dark moment. And uh <laughs> We played our, it for like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't four hours, but we definitely played for a good 45 minutes and came up with like storylines about how different people had different techniques and everything was going on. And then we figured out that That's like, it we was... Kept, we kept complaining that the that the uh, controllers were really unresponsive at times. They were unresponsive, but different people had different techniques. And we realized that it for 45 minutes, it was just on demo mode. And it was just like <laughs> doing the thing over and over again. And we had no It was input. so stupid. That was so stupid. God, yeah. we spent way too much time doing that. Yeah, it was that was it was real bad. <laughs> Anyways, so I think first, that's, I, th- I think that's what Rob is doing. I think w- when we laugh at something, he thinks we're laughing at his joke. Yeah, yeah. look, that, you know what? We are laughing at your jokes, fans out there. You know, this is a, the first interactive podcast. If whatever it takes to juice those listening numbers, this is the Bandersnatch of podcasts. The Bandersnatch. Yeah, you got to look it up, Dan. My okay. second Bandersnatch reference on this podcast. Is that, is, is that also an urban dictionary? Uh, probably. No. Um, so what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, now, this, is, a, this is an easy one for you because I think, well, I don't know if it's an easy one, but this is a, this is a clear setup for your, your childhood. So you, I'm assuming, did go on some dates in high school when you lived in San Diego. So I'm wondering, and, and certainly you were around your friends who were going on dates, would, do you think going to a Mexican restaurant and getting a torta, how do you think that would have played? Wow. Dan, you just really made me think about something. Because honestly, my first my first blush would have been to say it's a pretty good first date sandwich because you're going to 
you're not like ordering off menu. You're not like a weirdo, but you're ordering something that's like slightly different. So it kind of like, oh, that's interesting. A torta. Tell me about that choice. Mm. But thinking back to my own, you know, first dating, I never would have gotten a torta. It would have been weird. Why do you th- why do you say that? Just get a fucking taco. Mm, interesting. <sighs> I I mean maybe maybe it is an age thing, which is I think in you know if if you were going on dates as like a thirty year old, you want to you want to seem worldly and differentiate it. Yes. yes. And so you get a torta, and then you talk about oh my goodness. The tortas I got in Mexico City were amazing. Boom, 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 boom. You're talking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You say like, you know, these tortas are good, but they're not as good as the tortas in Guadalajara. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. There I uh, only get my tortas uh, media ahogado because that's like. Uh, oh, I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. No, I think. Um, no, I think it's a good first date sandwich. I think. You know, it's not the cleanest sandwich in the world, but it's not – if you're already in a Mexican restaurant, yeah. whatever you're going to get, you're going to be grabbing with your hands. I mean yeah. the burrito is the most self-contained, but I don't know that a burrito is much – like on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, you know, a burrito is like a, is like a 4 in terms of cleanliness and a torta is like a 3. The one thing I will say about a burrito is I think at the right place with expert foil consideration, I think a, a burrito can be a very clean thing to eat. But I think the torta can't be. Just it, it is a weird thing about it. But, you know, the, the burrito obviously contains everything inside. And I think, you know, for a, a burrito that's too large or an inexperienced person who doesn't know how to use that foil, the burrito sort of can burst open. The torta obviously is only got our bolillo and our tolera, so the sides are open. So no matter what you do, you're it's busting yep. out the sides. Even with foil, it doesn't matter because it, it's just too open. There's there's no, no there's nothing to contain those um all the stuff coming out the side. If you're there anyway, basically what I would say is the torta is one of the messier items on the menu, but it's also the one like we talked about last week that opens up the most avenues for conversation. Ordering yeah. a burrito is a conversation killer. It's 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 boring. It's everybody gets one. There's there's no ability for creativity, and I mean it's heavy, but mm-hmm. it also normally has a lot of beans in it. That's not going to be good for no. later in that day. It's true. That's true. I think it's 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 like if you were if we were talking about our sandwiches before sex, a burrito might actually just be the worst. Absolutely, absolutely. Those. Those tacos, especially if it's a place that has like the the like the small tacos that have like a nice like little white cheese on top that you kind of that are like you know served in like a kind of fancy way, that might be the winner. Yeah, those are but good. Beyond those, I think a torta is not a bad choice. A little messy, but not a bad choice. A little messy, but what you're losing in in cleanliness, you're yep. really getting in originality. Six out of ten. Six out of ten. Wow. I think it's a very very good score, and I think. It's a fair score, given the messiness. Mm-hmm. And I think we're rolling right into, really, the the bolillo of this podcast, or the Tolera, I'm not sure, depending on what your rating is, Joe. Does the sandwich taste good? So I think it's interesting that you said that the, um, that the carnitas are the sort of like the most traditional, because I had no idea what the sort of base was, and I... 
I tried to look it up and it seemed like it is so region specific that I, I couldn't, um, I couldn't like find an answer or it might just be one of the things where there is no right answer that depending on where you are in Mexico, where you are in South America, whatever different places have tortas, uh, that like different areas are going to have what they consider to be like the sort of base torta. Um, so I ordered, uh, carne asada torta and carnitas torta ah yes and i also sent you a picture dan i don't know what you got when you were out but my torta was massive it was huge it was like um like like the size of like a personal pan pizza (laughs) yeah um i will say uh, my tortas compared to the picture of yours and all these pictures will be posted either on our subreddit or eat sandwiches or whatever your torta is is definitely on a like um on a on a square footage basis much bigger than mine but i think my torta was probably a little denser in the middle than yours mm, mm. Like it, pack, it's just sort thicker. of different different construction method yeah, yeah yeah no my my torta could have like fed a family of four yeah. Well, your torta definitely, it's like, yeah, I think the right term is yours is like breadier than mine. Like your bread surface area, like I think we probably have the same amount of filling. Mine had like half the bread. That's true. That's true. Uh, but what I found in comparing the two was, I mean, the carnitas torta was, I mean, not even close, not even in the same league as the carne asada one. The carnitas one was so much better. Wow, because the, the carnitas meat, what like just soaked into the bread in like the perfect way. It was like the right consistency. Where like, and and talk about messy. The carne asada one, like the pieces of carne asada are like falling out. I mean, the yeah. carnitas one was like, I mean, easily the way to go, no question about it. And uh, mine had you know all the traditional toppings. It had um, had like little like uh, chili uh, relleno on top, which was super spicy by the way um it was really good it was really good it was it was a pretty good sandwich see it's it's interesting at my the torta place i went to they have 18 different tortas on the menu that are that that are numbered the the one through 18 so i think their one is probably like their you know their favorite they're like how special right right right. so their number one is a cubana torta Mm, which is beef sausage ham and smoked pork oh my god so in the face of that you still got the vegetarian one dan that's kind of embarrassing well the vegetarian one first of all i got their veggie torta but i'll just go down the list this is i mean to see the variety you can get of tortas at this place the milan milanesa de race I don't know what race is, but I don't <laughs> I don't know what any of that is. Milanesa de pollo, something chicken, deshebrada, carnitas, chorizo con cuevo. So there you go. That's good. I mean that's chorizo yeah. and egg. You'd like yeah. that. Pierna ahumada, mm-hmm. queso de puerco, pavo cheese. Pavo ahumada, salchicha, pescada. Or pescado, Fish. torta ahogada, jamón, chorizo. Wow, just on its own. Hawaiiana. Oh, is that with pineapple? Uh, maybe. Interesting. Jamón huevo y chorizo. Oh, that's the yeah. The 
uh, the vague combination <laughs> could be anything. And look at this. I think they've did a little smushing here, sandwiching the name, the Torta Asada. Oh, interesting. I wonder what that is. Well, I assume that's carne asada. But with, I don't torta, know what a, but with a torta inside. Is that what it means? I don't know. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Is, Dan, important question. Is a Mexican hot dog a torta? No. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that another Urban Dictionary thing? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, look. Wait, wait, wait. I got the veggie torta, though. So I went off... The, I went off their normal menu, not 1 through 18. I went to their vegetarian menu. Oh, they do actually have a Mexican hot dog on the menu. Look at that. <laughs> Wait, but it's on the vegetarian menu. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, anyways, the veggie torta I got, portobello mushroom, avocado, spinach, lettuce, mayo, onions, sour cream, and Mexican cheese. And it was my choice of cheese. I went with queso fresco. Or fresco. Whatever it is. Uh, Joe? Yeah. This thing was phenomenal. (laughs) I loved it. I mean, it's... My favorite part of, like, Mexican food is, like, sour cream. I love sour cream. This torta combines sour cream with butter and mayonnaise, which is just, like, great. (laughs) Throw some avocado in there. It's great. It's really... I think this is a combination that is is really undersold. Mayonnaise, avocado, butter, mayonnaise. See, it's interesting. I was going to make fun of you for getting vegetarian. But now that you talk about it, maybe getting vegetarian allowed you to focus on like the other core elements. Because I didn't even notice all this stuff that was in my torta because I was so focused on the meat. I think the vegetarian choice is always good because if you can make something vegetarian that's good, you know it's going to be better with meat. It's but true. if it's, it's if true. it's bad vegetarian, then it's like a good example. You know, if it's bad as vegetarian, then it's just showing you the core thing just isn't very good. This thing, though, it was phenomenal. I, I Portobello mushrooms are like, I don't even know if they have a taste, but they provided a wonderful crunch as I'm eating the sandwich, just from a texture basis. It's got the other things I like in a sandwich, the spinach and lettuce, the greens are there, the onions I love, the cheese was phenomenal. I love, I mean, it was a something I've never had before that I just took one bite of it and I was just like, this is unbelievable. I love this type of sandwich. It's just, it's it opened my horizons to a new type of sandwich I'd never had before. And I mean, the, the part that I think is good is that, you know, Josh is always hounding me to become vegan, which is not going to happen. But Josh does say, you know, at minimum, let's go one day without eating meat. You know, our, our meatless Mondays, as it were. I think I could slide this veggie torta in, have this for a meal, and it's not healthy. I'm not suggesting it is. I think it's probably very fatty. You know, like, you know, this one is creamy and fatty, much more so than the one I made. But I'm not giving up that much in terms of flavor. And that's I, interesting. I think, no, that's interesting. That's I, good I think to this know. This is like a meatless Monday, all star. And, you know, even the one I made at home was fine, but it. The one I made at home was just no comparison to to this one from these torta experts. So, I I mean, I was blown away. I was surprised uh, that this type of food even existed. And I was more surprised that, as far as I'm concerned, you know, Mexican food is is this unbelievable cuisine. And there's just an entire new category of it that I didn't know existed that also is phenomenal. 
I mean, look at this podcast is opening up new worlds to you, Dan. I, 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 it was like going into another world, going in that deep into the mission, going into a sandwich place that I never, and it was kind of funny too, because I walk in there and there's like this huge rush of people. It's, it's full of people. And when I ordered it, she said, you know, it's, first of all, it's amazing where I order the sandwich. She like circles it down. She doesn't give me a number or anything. So I'm already like confused. Like, is she going to like remember this or whatever? And she says, it's going to be 18 minutes. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, and she was like, is that going to be okay? And I'm like, first, boy, that's an oddly specific amount of time. B, that's a long time, but like, I, I don't have a choice. I've got to get the torta. And so I was like, sure. And then she doesn't give me a number and whatever. So I'm like, what's going to happen in 18 minutes? <laughs> like, so I, I set my timer for 18 minutes and I started walking around the mission, you know, taking in the local culture. I come back with like two minutes to spare. And then right at the 18 minute mark, she's like, veggie torta. And she just looks at me and she's like, here you go. And then she said, which type of salsa do I want? The verde or the uh, red, which is so- what, roja or whatever? So she was right on with the time. She was exactly on with it. Like, this torta place is so good with the tortas. There's all these people waiting. They've got all these orders. And, like, I saw the order before me. It was, like, a bulk order of, like, six tortas. So it was, like, clearly somebody getting, like, food for the whole, you know, whatever it was, uh, whole group. They are just – this place runs such a tight ship. I love that, they, you know, it's it's not, like, efficient in that you have to wait 18 minutes for your sandwich. But the fact that they're on it. She's giving me the exact amount of time, yeah, I mean, and they're I'll wait delivering any amount it. Of time if you tell me exactly how long it is, so I don't like have to like like wonder. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, like, would you rather wait eighteen minutes and know how long it's going to be, or like, let's say, fourteen minutes, but with no idea how long it's going to be? Oh, not even close. I mean, knowing the eighteen minutes was great. As I said, I, you know, it was a, a very small, cramped restaurant, and everybody's speaking Spanish, so I can't even eavesdrop. So I just walked around. It was a beautiful day outside. It was. It was great. And then, I, you know, just to walk back in there, be like, because I was confused because there was like no number. And I was like, what, you know, is she going to remember me? Is this going to get, is she going to announce something in Spanish? But it's just like, she was right on it. I mean, I honestly think many restaurants have much to learn from these Mexican restaurants. So Dan, what do you uh, rate it for taste? I mean, you're like a nine out of 10. You loved it. Given that I got the vegetarian version and how good it was, and you know, knowing how much I love other Mexican food, I, I mean, to me, it's it's a ten out of ten. Wow. The, the only if if I were to ding the sandwich, which I would, I would ding it on health. I would not ding it on taste. My mine was, I would say, a little too bready for my taste. Uh, and as you said, I mean, I got a bread heavy version. But your, your your pieces of bread were like almost as big as frisbees, so it's like yeah, y- yeah. Y- like mine was very very compact. As I'll you know, I'll, I'll post the picture and you'll you'll see my picture and you'll sort yeah. of <laughs> you'll instantly see like you I think you'll instantly would have preferred my version. Uh, but it was still good. I'm gonna say once again, well, let's say seven out of ten for taste. Seven out of ten. All right, fair enough. But but I think. That is something that's going to happen with this sandwich. I'm probably in Torta Central of the United States. Yeah, you may have gotten the best torta in America and not even I know. known it. Because, I mean, literally the best burrito in America is from these same Mexican places. And we're talking about Mexican places in the same area that are specific for tortas. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you went to one that's, that specializes torta. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's very good. And that's only one of two. I mean, there were like five, but two of them have torta like in the name of the restaurant. Anyways, well, seven out of ten. But if you come to San Francisco on your first day, get a San Francisco burrito. On your second day, get a San Francisco torta. I love it. I love it. It's a new thing. Fanwich Josh PhD is the sandwich a monster. He says, there are lots of ways, comma, well, this is a typo. Boy, Josh should have edited this. There are lots of types of torta. Joe might have specified the one with ham, but I can't remember for sure, and tortas really are all about variety. So I'll provide some general thoughts. When it comes to meat fillings, chicken is the most benign, since poultry production uses less energy and chickens are chicken-brained. Oh, boy. Beef and pork ham aren't great. Yeah, Beef is... <laughs> Josh is the real monster here. Yeah, we may have to bleep that out, too. <laughs> Boy, don't get me started on Bleepgate last week, Joe. <laughs> Beef and pork slash ham aren't great. Beef is worse environmentally, but pigs are smart little guys. Have you read Charlotte's Web? Oh, and if you can find and eat a veal torta, you're really a monster. If you're feeling particularly eco-conscious or had a veal torta the day before, go with a scrambled egg or avocado torta. Oh, my God. Wow. Or, or portobello mushroom, Josh, you closed-minded. So, should, I should bleep that. <laughs> Let's just bleep everything. Let's bleep the whole – I mean, people might have more curiosity about what we're saying. <laughs> bleep game. So, the torta really depends. The only other thing is that it is a traditional Mexican sandwich. You should keep in mind who is making it and who profits from your purchase. Maybe avoid the $8 hipster torta and go with the $4 one from the Mercado. Joe, I ordered a torta from an as authentic a Mexican restaurant as you could be. How much do you think my torta cost? $8. $10. Yeah, I was going to say, that's I got, the mine, from a, torta I they got sold. mine from a taco truck, and it was, it was, I, I think it was like $11. Yeah. Where, where is Josh getting these, these magical $4 tortas from? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, Josh would be like, well, when I was in Guadalajara, it was yeah. like... Wait, what's the... Wait, maybe he's talking about Australian dollars. What's the conversion rate? <laughs> no, Australian dollars are like worthless. I wonder how the mega, you know, who knows what the Mexican food is like either in Melbourne, Australia or South Bend, Indiana. It, it could be hubs. It's true. Who knows? Everybody knows that the $4 tort is the best value in South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, look, I mean, it's all about the filling here, right? So, so the fact that you can get a vegetarian torta that's still pretty good is like fine. I mean, I think uh, this is such a – it's a hard thing to judge the sandwich on because you could get it with so many different fillings. But but let's be honest. I, I'm only going to order this torta with carnitas. So it's got to yeah. be pretty monstrous. So, uh, you know, let's give it a 4 out of 10. Yeah. I mean, it is worth noting of the 19 tortas that they had, 18 of them contained meat. Yeah. So Now, and, the one thing I'll say to its credit is like there's no way to make a BLT without pork. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't get a vegetarian BLT. That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I think it's a very interesting thing. We had the PB&J as a vegetarian sandwich, but like this week I had two vegetarian versions of this. And to me, it's not even like my Mount Veggie More is like PB&J is like they're not even in the visitor center. Like I don't want the PB&J anywhere near the state. I, I honestly put this toward a... I mean, this tort is like two president heads for me. This thing was <laughs> fabulous. All right. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. 
What's next? Ne- yeah, the next is your only segment, Joe. The celebrity Bing search. Oh, my God. Okay, so Bing, this is interesting because Bing gave me a lot of Spanish results on this. And I got excited because it looked like uh, Kanye and Kim Kardashian West had served tortas at their wedding. Oh, my God. Which, I mean, come on. What a coup for celebrities. However, it was only because I was reading a Spanish website and they were using the – I guess the word torta also means cake in Spanish. Ah, uh, yes. So they were talking about the chocolate cake at their wedding. Oh, when researching this this sandwich, that was also one thing I kept having to like uh, figure out because if you type in like torta nutritional facts – Half of the answers are for like a slice of cake yeah. instead of this particular sandwich. So I did find something. It's not quite a celebrity story because there's not a celebrity eating it. But the torta itself is the celebrity in the, in this story. And I found a story on on a on on the world record breaking Mexico breaks the record for the largest torta sandwich. Wow. Throngs of people gathered to make the world's biggest torta sandwich in Mexico City. The torta, which is a Mexican delicacy made of flatbread, weighed 865 kilograms. How many pounds is that, Dan? Off the top of your head. Uh, Come on. Come on. Come on. Quickly. 1,903. Okay. Wow. And measured 70 meters in length. How many feet is that, Dan? Mm, 200 and... 26. The mega sandwich set a new record for the longest sandwich of any kind made in Latin America. Wow. Wow. It's a pretty big big qualification. Flatbread pans, lettuce heads, and stems of tomatoes were used for the record attempt, which took place in Venestiano Caranza. Yeah. That was Italian, but you got the gist. Uh, so it broke the previous record of 66 meters. Uh, so, Yeah, that's where Josh is getting his $4 tortoise. They're like, all right, well, just this thing's going to expire off. in like two hours. So everybody from the local town just come up here. Ah, an interesting uh, little fact here. Tortilla, the word tortilla translates to small torta. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, all, so this, all this time... I've been thinking the the tortilla, the burrito, like came first, but maybe the torta came first. Yeah, and and you've been eating tor. Anytime you've gotten something with the tortilla, you've been eating tiny tortas. Wow, wow. Yeah, I just blew your mind. So, look, what I thought about this is that you know, not every sandwich that we talk about is going to have a world record, a world record breaking largest version of it. Like, I'm sure there's a you know largest PB and J ever made, obviously. I'm sure there's probably even BLT, but like no one's ever set the record for making the largest, uh, you know, turkey bacon avocado on Dutch crunch sandwich. So in that sense, somebody has, they just don't know they have. I may have done it. (laughs) I know. Was yours bigger than mine? How many kilograms was yours? You broke my record, Dan. (laughs) Damn you. Uh, So. Wait, Joe. This is good marketing. We should start making the largest version of super specific sandwiches and just like calling the Guinness Book of World Records repeatedly and being like, I've made the largest turkey bacon avocado on Dutch Crunch. And then you call and be like, I made the largest turkey bacon avocado on sourdough. An entire page will just be us making sandwiches 
and then all of them market back to the podcast. It's true because famously, little known fact, did you, I'm sure you know this, Dan, because you were the one that brought it up. The Guinness World Book of Records legally cannot reject your record if you're setting a record. No matter how insignificant it is, they have to accept it and put it in their book. All right. This is market. I mean, Joe, let's get on this <laughs> gravy train. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, pretty pretty good celebrity story, Dan. What do you think? Well, I think using the sandwich as a celebrity is pretty weak. I think you... Oh, you uh, think it's weak? Oh, I think it's like better for the sandwich. Wow. Well, I'm saying your effort was weak. I don't think oh. the sandwich should be dinged. I think you should have waded through the torta. You know, the, the torta d- does have a little bit of... Need a little bit of disambiguation to figure out if w- what's the right torta. But I don't know. I mean, a lot of celebrities live in Southern California... I mean, granted, I think the Torta, you know, does take a backseat a little bit to its cousins, the taco and burrito. But I, I'm guessing there's uh, some some meat there with the, uh, you know, maybe you'd have to use Google Translate or something. But, you know, oh, oh crap, uh, Bing Translate. But, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I did try Bing Translate. But the problem with Bing Translate is that it's not very good. So it only translated <laughs> yeah. from Spanish into Portuguese. So it <laughs> I understood it even less. That's tough. We need a Brazilian fan which to, to translate it for us manually. Didn't we, we, didn't we have a Brazilian fan which at one point? Uh, I think so. Probably after we did the Brazil episode. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, that's right. I had a Brazil fan on the Brazil episode. Yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, he didn't migrate over. Although maybe this will be his inroads. There you go. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know... I forget the question we were asking, but but what I'll say is that I feel you like you're impugning my research, so I'm going to say eight out of ten. Just Great. just just as a as a defense to you. As much as I love this sandwich, Joe, and I do, I'm ready to move to the next stage and put the torta on the cutting board. So we will decide once and for all if the torta will be on the menu or not. So for all of our listeners who listen every week, you know how this works. I'm going to make some sort of case to Joe. Then Joe will take in what I have to say, make his own mind up, and then he alone will pick whether this sandwich will go on the menu and uh, will further compete to see if it could be our favorite sandwich or whether it will go on the compost heap and its life as a, as a contender will be over. That would be torture for the sandwich. Okay, anyways. Torta, more like Borta, as in... Bort? Oh, come on. (laughs) Bort? Mommy, Bobby, buy me a license plate! No, come along, Bort. Are you talking to me? No, my son is also named Bort. Because much like Bart could not comprehend that Bort was actually the more popular name... I, coming into this week, could not comprehend that the torta was such a fabulous piece of Mexican food that had been under my eyes the entire time. Now, I don't know if it's the same as a burrito or a taco, but already I can, whether it's as good as a burrito or a taco, but I can already tell in my Mexican food consumption, this is going to fill a very large niche. And I think the torta... Obviously, if you love meat, 
the torta is just a vessel for those delicious, the large variety of, of delicious meats you can get. But again, the sandwich is so good, you can have it vegetarian. Availability is a big issue with this sandwich. So I do think that, for example, for you, Joe, you're going to have to try out both Mexican places. If if the torta is going to be part of your routine, you're going to have to find a local torta place that makes it the way you want it. Because as we already talked about, there are not only many varieties of the sandwich, there are many varieties of ways to make the sandwich. But I'm telling you, I think this torta, this is like, this is a diamond in the rough. This is this is a winning sandwich. This is the Bort of sandwiches. Joe, I think the torta should go on the menu. So you're buying low on the torta. You're in. I'm, I'm all in, Joe. Wow. Wow. Well, it's a compelling argument, Dan. I have to say, though, for me, the torta fell shorta. <laughs> and I, Lo I, siento. I like the torta. I know you're going to be disappointed with me, Dan. I like the torta. I thought it was good. Man, the carnitas were amazing. The problem is with the torta is most sandwiches, we get the benefit of just comparing them to other sandwiches. Uh, but the torta has an extra hurdle to overcome in that it also has to compete with, as you said, you and I both love Mexican food. It has to compete with the other things on the menu. And I, you know, I can't imagine walking into a Mexican restaurant and getting something other. Cause I don't, you know me, Dan, I don't, I don't go out that much, right? So if I'm out at a Mexican restaurant, I'm just not going to order the torta. I'm going to get it in burrito or taco form. And the interesting thing about Mexican food is that it's a lot of of similar ingredients that are just packaged in different like vessels for those ingredients. For those ingredients, and while the torta is good, I would say it is it is not in my like top three of ways to get. Uh, the carnitas delivered to me. Hmm. So for me, the torta fell shorta. It's not on the menu. I'm sliding my, my torta into the compost bin. Yeah. Well, with your little Frisbee shaped uh, loaves over there, you just saucer it in there. I think if you had had my torta, your, your uh, decision would be different. But again, it, it, it's just availability, I think, is always going to be a problem with the sandwich. And, and I mean, it is true what you say. If you come to San Francisco, I would recommend getting, you know, the like award winning best burrito in the country before you get a, an authentic San Francisco torta. But look, you know, hey, hey, I'm going to be in San Francisco in April. I'm, I'm doing very little while I'm down there. I'll, I'll stop by your torta place and try it out. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be good. You'll enjoy it. They'll be like, all right, your sandwich will be ready and. Eight minutes and 45 seconds, and you'll be like, great. <laughs> We're going long. No lunch pail this week. Let's just get right into everybody's favorite part, Joe. Figuring out who gets to pick next week's sandwich. Do well, we have any additions to the listener wheel? Well, Dan, this is a, this is a controversial addition. I don't know if you're going to allow it, but I'm going to let you be the final judge of this. So this sandwich is very similar to the sandwich that we had last week. But this person swears that if we try the Dutch crunch this way, it will be better. He says, ready for it? Even more specific. Oh, God. <laughs> Maple turkey, 
Havarti cheese. So we're already different. There's cheese on it now. Tomatoes, red onion, avocado, and sprouts with mayo and Dutch crust. Now, there's no turkey in it. So I, I feel like this is a different sandwich. Wait, what was the first ingredient? Oh, you're right. Turkey. Sorry, there's no, there's no bacon on it. There's no bacon on it. Uh, turkey, cheese, tomato, red onion, avocado, sprouts on Dutch crunch. You know, I'm not going to let you decide. This is a different sandwich. We're putting it on there. I mean, this is ridiculous, but whatever. <laughs> okay. So what – turkey. Havarti cheese, tomatoes, red onion, avocado, sprouts on a Dutch crunch. Okay. Havarti tomatoes, red onion sprouts on Dutch crunch. Avocado. You left off the avocado. Oh pan. my god. I mean, you can't I'm adding it this time, but we can't just be having people come up with because you know, some aspects of the sandwich are like mandatory, but then some other aspects like, you know, the, you you've got to leave up to, to your the, the person creating the sandwich. Yeah, but but this is a is a is a is a specific type of sandwich, I think. <laughs> well, it's gotta have I mean, look. Maybe after we do it, we'll we'll name it. But I mean, we're definitely getting the fucking Guinness record for that one. That's from uh, Reddit user Sweet Bars. All right. Well, it's on the listener wheel, so uh, episode's running long. Let's get this done. JoePicksPod.com/slash/wheel. Joe. Oh, this the wheel is nicely uh, spread out right now. It goes Dan, listeners, Dan, Joe, Dan, Joe. So you got two listeners have one. I've got three. And Joe, I've got a sandwich in the hopper that I am ready to pick. So I do, I do okay. hope it's me. All right. All right. Spin upcoming. It is spinning. Oh, no. Not listeners. <sighs> oh, it's the listener wheel, Dan. Damn it. <laughs> Come on. That's pretty exciting. All right. I mean, two times in three weeks. You know, Jesus. it's going to be this weird Dutch crunch sandwich, too. <laughs> well, see, I was excited because I have a great sandwich that I wanted to eat all week. And now I'm going to be forced to eat the something. turkey. The turkey oh. have already sprouts and whatever. Okay. So JoePicksBud.com slash sandwich wheel. On the wheel, we've got a hog roast, donor kebab, hot pastrami on rye. Fairy bread, club sandwich. Ooh, I, I'm standing the club sandwich. I'm rooting for club sandwich. Ooh, bon me. I'm rooting for that too. Oots midster, the bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. A Reuben, Italian beef battered and deep fried. I am oh God, I hope it's definitely not, not rooting for that. <laughs> Proper Danish open face sandwich. We don't exactly know what that means. And turkey, Havarti cheese, tomatoes, red onion, sprouts, avocado oh, on Dutch crunch. This this listener wheel is like 50-50 things I don't want to do and things I do <laughs> no. want to do. God damn the listener wheel. <laughs> okay, okay, but Dan, some ground rules here. If your sandwich gets picked, you got to write in. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. I thought you were talking about my sandwich. I was like, Joe, I'm going to do the podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, what we didn't do our like um, Marie Kondo style pruning of the sandwich wheel, but we will at some point where if if people don't vouch for their sandwich, they're out. But for now, Joe, there's no time. We just have to spin it and take whatever it comes. I'm and excited. Then, yeah, I'm 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 uh, cautiously pessimistic. All right, round and round it goes. So many things on it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> 
What what is the sandwich? Okay, it was so close to. There's a the club sandwich and banh mi are right next to each other, and I thought it was going to get there, but it stopped at Utsmidster. Wait, how do you spell this? <laughs> okay, Jesus Christ, is this? Wait, I don't... wait for real. How do you spell the sandwich? U i t s m i j t e r. A Utsmidster or Dutch sandwich. I'm looking at a a website right now that says two slices of white bakery bread. Check. Got that. Two or three thin slices of ham. Okay. Two or three. I also want to count. There are two of three of everything. Can't we just do one? Two or three thin slices of ham. Two or three over easy fried eggs. Okay. I can make those. Two or three slices of Gouda cheese. And that's it. Butter and salt and pepper. Oh, all right. That so sounds great. This is a breakfast sandwich. Is this it is open, open face? Yes. This is basically, I'm just looking at it. It looks like you put down a piece of white bread, you butter it, you put down ham. So one or two slices of ham, you put down one or two slices of Gouda cheese, you then put an over easy fried egg on top of it, and you've got yourself a Oots Midster sandwich. So wow, I mean, damn, this sounds great. This this, I guess of of all the things that could have come up, this is probably the this, this is palatable. This is this is in the uh, you know good fifty percent, not the bad fifty percent. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Oots Midster, whoever sent that in, we they better talk about this. Yeah, I mean, look, and this may be a two parter. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about <laughs> in the sandwich. It could be. <laughs> All right, uh, great. Utsmidster, everybody who's following along at home, you know, figure that out. We'll also type it out so people can, you know, figure out how to spell it. Dan, can we tease? Are we doing a sandwich court next week? Yeah, yeah. There'll be a sandwich court next week, which everybody will be excited about. I mean, you sound excited about it. (laughs) I was excited to pick my sandwich. And I I think that this is You're just upset that the torta is not on on the menu. Yeah, I'm salty at everything. I had a sandwich in mind that I wanted to pick. I didn't get to pick it. And as per our rules, I think the sandwich wheel resets. So I think it goes back to three Joe, three Dan, and listener. And I'm just like, you know, my odds are no longer stacked in my favor. I think we should go one third, one third, one third. No. (laughs) No? Disagree. Look, the listener wheel's been picked two of the last three weeks. (laughs) All right, Dan. Uh, Time to put the bread away until next week. And I guess next week, yeah, it's just going to be one slice of bread. That still works. Joe Picks a Sandwich is part of the Joe Picks Podcast Network. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to JoePicksPod.com or join the lively discussion on our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash Joe Picks. And see if any of us have pictures of our sandwiches on reddit slash r slash eat sandwiches and give them upvotes. We're, we're very popular there. If you want to talk about what we got right or wrong with the torta, or you have a strong opinion about next week's sandwich, the Utsmidster... <laughs> Which I'm sure people do. <laughs> Leave a comment on the Reddit page or email us at sandwich at joepixpod.com. You know, after doing Dutch Crunch and Utsmister, we better have a goddamn following in, in, in the Netherlands. We better. Oh, we got to start marketing there. We, if Keep... we're not like top five in their app store, then <laughs> then we're. I'm banning any Dutch related sandwiches for the rest of this podcast. We 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 must get to top five of the Netherlands app store. Or, or podcast store, or no more Dutch sandwiches. Do you think, has anybody ever 
ever in the history of podcasts done a podcast about the Utz Midster? I mean, definitely not, Dan. So we better. I mean, just from SEO purposes, everybody in the Netherlands should be like searching for this. Be like, oh, a podcast about this thing I eat all the time. Boom. They're hooked. And an episode about Tiger Bruden? (laughs) (laughs) It's true because they will see the Dutch crunch in the name. Yeah. 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 All right. It's amazing. Uh, special thanks to Fanwitch Josh for research. His book, Red Me Republican, on bookshelves everywhere this May. Available for pre-order on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Thanks to Fanwitch Jeff for the theme song. And another special thanks to Fanwitch Julia for our wonderful logo. Leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store so others can find this podcast, which nobody's left a rating in weeks. You guys are definitely, I mean, maybe they're all in the Dutch iTunes store, but come on, people. Leave a goddamn rating. And uh, that's it, Joe. See you next week. Dan, next week for our episode 12 extravaganza, longest running sandwich podcast ever. Longer than this one? I'm saying next week if we get to it. We we will be the longest running sandwich podcast. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you were referring to the runtime of this week's episode. Oh, no. But you are, in fact, referring to the. I mean, honestly, we've got. We'll definitely have them at one in like minutes, but we'll also now have the title of episodes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's going in the goddamn Guinness Book of World Records, too. Right next to the largest Unsminster in the world. <laughs> wow. <Right. laughs> Wait. We could definitely do turkey, bacon, avocado, and Dutch crunch. I guarantee you. I mean, the the sample Unsminster they put was like three eggs, three pieces of bread, three things. <laughs> like, it's clear that this sandwich already has, like, size, uh, big size built in. Anyways. That's it. (laughs) Good night, Dan. See you next week.